Brian Bretting. And I am Jay Rosenthal. This is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, January 31st, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, there's $141,000 in outstanding fines one year after the Freedom Convoy arrived in front of Parliament Hill. Now, between January 28th and February 18th of last year, officials issued 3,812 parking tickets and 318 provincial offense notices for illegal parking, totaling $320,545. That is a lot of parking tickets. Jay, are you a big parking ticket offender? I am not. I am a law-abiding citizen. It irks me to get parking tickets. I do love the Green Pea app in Toronto. However, I will say, I think it was last Monday the app was down, which is very annoying. I had to find those boxes to actually print out the ticket, put on your windshield. I was not down with that, but I'm generally pretty good at both paying for parking and paying parking tickets when I do. You're a new driver. What about you? I got hit with a $100 ticket, Jay. I left my car outside my building in one of the Greenpeace spots, and you just can't do that. I don't think you're allowed to do that. I didn't know it. I'm a new driver, and so I was trying to figure out the rules as I go, but I got hit with a ticket. I paid the ticket, no problem, and I look at these fines, and they were there for a long time, Jay. That's a lot of parking tickets. If that one night for me was $100, that's a lot of nights and a lot of cars if you're going over that. Well, I guess it was a freedom convoy from parking tickets. Brett, aside from all of that, what do we have for peak balance today? For our first story, EV deal-making. For our second story, the house is back. And for our last story, AI investment surge. For our first story, the corporate world of legacy car makers is embracing the future of electric vehicles. We haven't talked about EVs in a while, Brett, but are they definitely still hot? Definitely. Okay. Still hot, Jay. After two decades of negotiating an uneasy alliance between Nissan and French automaker Renault, the companies have found common ground. Renault will give up some of its Nissan shares in exchange for Nissan's expertise and investment in its EVs. After bailing out Nissan in 1999, Renault had built up a 43% stake in the Japanese car maker. The new deal will see each company hold 15% of the other and grant Nissan new voting rights as Renault, in other words, a say in its decision making. And here's why it matters. So 2023 will bring in new EVs from brands like like BMW, Audi, Jeep, and Ford, not to mention an all-electric, I know you're going to like this one, Jay, DeLorean to take us back to the future. Now, settling a years-long dispute aims to set up Nissan and Renault to join forces and take a larger share of the EV pie. From a consumer standpoint, analysts expect the market to enter a shakeout phase in which more competition means shorter wait times and lower prices. But not everyone's on board. Toyota's CEO, a longtime skeptic of electrification, is stepping down, admitting that he belongs, quote-unquote, to the older generation when it comes to things like EVs. Toyota's new boss, meanwhile, says EVs will be a part of the picture going forward. I feel a little attacked when you say the older generation, Brett, but to zoom out a bit, it's an opportune moment to try and claw some market share away from Tesla, which faces a darker macro in 2023 with fierce competition coming from all angles. That's according to one analyst. Small EV startups and big automakers alike are wheeling on it. And Jay, I meant, I think he's a totally different generation. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But I will say that I was actually thinking about this today. I can't think of two car manufacturers more closely aligned with individuals than Tesla with Elon Musk and DeLorean with, you know, DeLorean. For our second story, think your Sunday scaries are bad. Peak pals, members of parliament returned to Ottawa after a six-week winter break with enough on their plate to keep yours truly hiding in bed. Jay, that's pretty nice, a six-week break. But what are they going to be up to now in parliament? I'd like a six-week break. Let's just start there. But parliament's return kicks off a consequential year that will have far-reaching impacts on the economy with healthcare, cost of living, and high-stakes spring budget set to dominate the agenda this, according to Politico. And here's what's on their radar. So to start, healthcare negotiations. 
conditions. The federal government and the premiers are working towards a new deal in health care funding that could shake up our kind of collective health care system. Next, spring budget time. The government is under pressure to use the next budget to compete with massive new spending set aside by the Biden administration for infrastructure and clean energy through the Inflation Reduction Act. And speaking of the Biden administration, President Biden will actually be visiting Canada with pressures mounting to strengthen Western ties and boost energy and battery supply chains to compete with China and stimulate what many believe is a slowing economy. There are also investigations. A report on the Fed's use of the Emergencies Act is due in February, all while the opposition grills them over their extensive use of McKinsey consultants. And lastly, it's Parliament, and so we're talking bills, bills, bills. Proposed legislation covers firearm use, Bill C-21, control over internet giants, Bill C-11, and funding child care and early learning programs in Bill C-35. Meanwhile, there are also three bills before the House that would enact new environmental protections, reform the Official Language Act, and create a public complaints and review commission to oversee the RCMP and the Canada Border Services Agency. This all according to CBC. Here's why it matters. The government has about a year to move the needle on the most pressing issues affecting Canadians and the economy, all with the looming risk of a federal election should the spying confidence agreement between the NDP and Liberals fall apart. For our third story, now that artificial intelligence can pass MBA exams and create workout plans, investors just can't pull out their checkbooks fast enough, Brett. Yeah, so here's what's driving the news, Jay. It isn't just OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, capitalizing on the hype. In the wake of a $10 billion investment from Microsoft into OpenAI, conversational AI startups Anthropic and Character.ai are reportedly looking to raise hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, let's catch the peak pals up. Last year, $1.37 billion poured into generative AI companies companies, nearly as much investment as the space saw over the entire previous half decade. In Canada, AI-focused venture capital firm Radical Ventures launched a $550 million AI fund just last week. Venture capital is moving on from previously hyped up areas like B2B SaaS, EVs, and Web3. In the current crypto winter, AI is where VCs are going to go ice fishing. And Thropic is closing in on a $300 million funding round, while Character.ai, which makes chatbots based on famous figures, is said to want to raise $250 million. And this all matters because investment capital is supercharging the deployment of AI technologies spanning healthcare, robotics, and more, all of which they're betting will change the world. Unfortunately, it's actually kind of hard to predict how they'll change the world and whether we'll like it. It'll be easier to predict if you just ask ChatGPT. One VC investor said people need something to tell their investors or themselves, honestly, that there is a next thing to be excited about. But the technology's rapid advancement raises alarm bells. There are some concerns around how generative AI could disrupt the job market, produce deep fakes and dis- disinformation, and infringe on privacy rights. In a recent op-ed, a California congressman said he is freaked out by AI, specifically AI that is left unchecked and unregulated. Dun, dun, dun. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, one, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Brett. Have a good day, Peak Pals. When you give me shock waves.